Chapter 24 of the Boy Scouts Along the Susquehanna. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Boy Scouts Along the Susquehanna by Herbert Carter. Chapter 24. The Capture. The scouts had been eagerly awaiting this motion with the hat on the part of the patrol leader. It acted on them about in the same way the bang of a starting pistol might with a string of nerve-strained sprinters, anxious to leap forward, with a prize in view to the first under the tape. Many times before had they found themselves in just this same position, with Thad deciding the start. Giraffe, the fastest in the bunch, was crouched in his accustomed attitude, looking somewhat like a big wiry cat getting ready to spring, while Bob White, Step Hen, Allen, and Davy Jones each had assumed an attitude best suited to his particular method of starting. At the same time, all of them understood this was not going to be a race. They had been instructed to spread out a little, after the manner of an open fan, as they advanced. This was to give the tramp as little chance to escape as they possibly could. Well, the hat, after being poised for a few preliminary seconds in mid-air, was suddenly swung downward with a violent dip. That meant in the plainest of language, go! and every fellow made a forward move. Giraffe had been given one of the outer lines, since that meant he would have a little more ground to cover, and no one was better fitted for this than the lanky scout. Nature had built him for a runner from the ground up. He did not have a superfluous ounce of fat on him, but was all muscle, and as Giraffe often proudly declared, his flesh was as hard as nails. It was a pretty sight to see those five fellows in khaki begin to spread out in that systematic way, just as though each one might consider himself a part of a machine. Thad had purposely taken the center so that he could keep an eye on every part of the field. It is always considered the best thing for a captain on a baseball club to be posted somewhere in the diamond, preferably on third base, as that gives him a chance to watch the game closely. It also allows him the opportunity of running in frequently and arguing with the umpire over disputed plays. So far nothing had happened to warn the dozing tramp of their coming. All of the boys had gotten underway without a single mishap in the line of a stumble which would serve to warn their intended victim. He was still sprawled out alongside the warm fire, and doubtless enjoying himself in true hobo style, caring nothing as to what went wrong with the world so long as he did not miss a meal. Thad would have been much better satisfied could he have glimpsed that badly wanted army coat somewhere around but its absence, although to be regretted, must not interfere with the program he had laid out. The distance from the shelter of the brush to the fire was not very great, and could have been covered speedily only for the desire on the part of the scouts to take the man by surprise. Step Hen spoiled this by an unfortunate stumble, which was rather singular because as a rule he had proved sure-footed. It chanced, however, that Step Hen was watching the reclining figure by the fire so closely that he did not notice some obstruction lying in his path, so that the first thing he knew, he caught his toe and measured his full length on the ground. Of course, that spoiled the surprise part of the game. Bad knew it instantly, as the tramp's head came up, and accordingly he uttered a quick command. Rush him! With that, each scout jumped forward, eager to be the first to close in on the enemy. Those who had guns displayed them threateningly, while the others waved their clubs in a way that needed no explanation as to what use they expected to make of the same presently. 
If the actions of the invaders of the hobo camp were rapid, the same could be said concerning the movements of the lone inmate. He must have realized the desperation of his position the very instant he sighted those advancing boys in khaki, with such a ferocious display of various weapons of defense and offense, for like a flash he scrambled to his feet. As it was hardly to be expected that the tramp had prepared himself against a surprise like this, the chances were he acted solely from impulse. Giraffe fully expected he would try and go around their outermost guards, and with memories of similar tactics employed on the gridiron, he changed his course somewhat in order to cut off this flight. It was a mistake, for the fellow never once endeavored to flee. Instead of this, he leapt over to a pile of rocks that chanced to lie close by, forming a species of pyramid. The boys saw him throw himself into the midst of this, even while they were rushing forward, though they could not anticipate what his scheme might be. Events are apt to happen with lightning-like rapidity under such conditions as these, and the first thing the boys knew there was a sharp report as of a pistol, and a puff of smoke burst from the pile of rocks that thrilled them to the core. He's got a gun, snapped Giraffe, looking to Thad to give the order to send back as good as they received. It was a time for quick thinking. The tramp was evidently a desperate sort of fellow, who, finding himself in danger of arrest, meant to stand out to the end. He may not have tried to injure any of them when he fired that shot, but all the same it gave the boys a chill, and several of them involuntarily ducked their heads, as if they fancied the hobo had picked them out for his target, and that they had heard the whiz of the lead past their ears. Thad sized up the situation in that speedy way of his. Occasions sometimes crop up that call for the promptest kind of action, and surely this looked like one of that kind. Alan, keep on in the center and I'll turn his flank, he shouted. Bend down, everybody, and get behind a rock if you can. We've just got to land him. That's all there is about it. Even while saying this, the scoutmaster was on the jump, and passing Alan as well as Bob White, he sped toward the edge of the water, making a half circle. There was another sharp report from the rocks, but although the boys held their breath while watching their leader run, they rejoiced to see that he gave no sign of having been injured by the tramp's firing. Every boy was keyed up to what Giraffe would call top-notch condition. Doubtless hands quivered while they clutched gun or club, and hearts beat with the rapidity of so many trip hammers. But to their credit, it could be said that not one of them as much as looked back over their shoulders to see if the way for retreat was open. That spoke well for their courage, at least. Thad reached the spot which he had set out to attain and instantly whirled to aim his gun toward the rock pile. It was just as he had anticipated, for the tramp, while sheltered on the one side, was fully exposed on that looking down the river. Surrender, or it'll be the worse for you, shouted Thad. Jumpin' boys, roared Giraffe. Utterly unable to keep back a second longer, while his nerves were quivering in that furious fashion. When Step Hen and the other four saw the impetuous right end start straight toward the rock pile, they gave a shout and proceeded to imitate his example. Boys are a good deal like sheep in many ways, and when one takes a venture he is certain to be copied by others. From all sides they were thus closing in rapidly on the hobo who was at bay, and every fellow was giving vent to his excitement in shouts and screeches calculated to complete the collapse of the tramp's defiance. He knew when he had had enough. Serious though arrest might appear to him under present conditions, it would be a dozenfold worse should he fire that weapon of his again and succeed in injuring one of these brave lads. Besides, he must have been more or less influenced by the handy way they carried those guns. 
This being the case, the trumpet bass suddenly threw up both his hands, at the same time bawling, Hey, don't shoot, I'm all in, gents, I surrender. The furious shouts now ceased, since the object of their rush had apparently been accomplished. Thad, however, was too smart a leader to lose any advantage that fortune had placed in his hands. Throw out that gun, he called in his sternest voice, and be quick about it, if you know what's good for you. The man hastened to obey the order. No doubt he understood that his captors were only boys, but there may be circumstances where cubs are just as dangerous as full-grown men, and this is the case when they happen to be provided with firearms. Come out here and keep your hands up, continued the patrol leader, who did not trust the fellow, and while speaking he kept his gun level so that it bore straight upon him. The hobo looked disgusted, as well he might at finding himself a victim to such humiliating conditions, with boys his captors. He scowled darkly as he left the partial shelter of the rocks and advanced several paces toward the scouts. That'll do, Thad told him. Now lie down on the sand on your face and put your hands behind you. You've got to tie your wrists, you understand. Here, don't think to play any trick, because we won't stand for it. Down on your knees, and over you go. Realizing that such a young chap was not to be trifled with, the tramp, muttering to himself, did as he was ordered. Lying there on his chest, he pushed both hands behind his back and crossed his wrists, just as though this might not be the first time he had run up against a similar situation. Giraffe, you fix him up, said the patrol leader, for the lengthy scout had a reputation as an expert in tying hard knots, and was never known to be without more or less stout cord on his person. It had come in handy many a time in the past, as Giraffe could explain if asked, and he produced his coil now with a satisfied grin that told how much he enjoyed his new job. After Giraffe had completed the fastening of the hobo's big wrists, there was not one chance in a thousand the fellow could free himself, even if he were a second Houdini, capable of slipping handcuffs from his person by doubling up his pliable hands. This done, Giraffe got up and helped the man rise to his feet. Behave yourself now, and we'll treat you white, he told him, but just try to make trouble and see what you get, that's all. But Thad, where do you reckon his pal has disappeared to? That he ain't around here. We covered every foot of the island from the other end, and didn't scare him up. Half a loaf may be better than no bread, but we didn't come after this fellow at all. We want wandering George, and we want him bad. Thad himself was bothered to tell how the second tramp had disappeared. If the ground had opened and swallowed him, he could not have vanished more completely. And apparently there was only one source of information open to them. This was the prisoner, who stood there listening to what they were saying and trying hard to conceal the grin that would creep over his face in spite of him. That very cunning expression convinced Thad the man knew the important fact they wanted to find out. If only they could force him to speak. End of chapter 24